everybody and welcome back. It's Kate Ward from Zen Stitching and I'm joining you this afternoon or this evening or this afternoon my time for a um, conversation with another of our artists for the Making Zen online retreat. We are going to be chatting with Ruth from Craft School Arts and I'll send her a quick invitation from Melbourne, Australia. And um, no doubt she's going to be holding on to a, a coffee when she's joining us this morning. Hello and welcome and good morning. Oop, she jumped in and jumped out. Let's see if we can try that one again. So thank you so much for joining in and following along to our conversation today um, and for following all of our Hello. conversations. Hello. Now for some reason I've got a big... I've blocked myself out, so I'm not quite sure what to do there. Hang on, can I push that down? Um, so I've sent a request and it's just in, there's a box of something in writing in front of my face. <laughs> okay, I'm Well, live. you're live. You're, it's all good. You're, you're connected, the, the writing I'm, in front of your I'm, face, that's how I'm, I see it too. Can anybody, everybody else see it like that too? I'm not, I, I think, I'll tell you what it I'm not, not sure actually. I'm to join this Maybe. live video and I've, I've already sent a request because I'm connected. So if I say cancel, it'll go out of the video, won't it? Hmm. Well, we can definitely try again if you want somebody <laughs> sending lots of love and waves. So if you feel, if you feel um, like you'd get, right, like to give that a try, by all um, means do so. Or we can... doing it twice, that was all. Hello and welcome and thank you everybody for um, sending all of your love and hearts today as we are navigating uh, the technical world of connecting via Instagram across countries and across cont continents as well. Hello again. Hello so again. Got writing in front of my face? Oh, okay. So yes. It's... But I, I think I think that's, that's how I generally see um, whoever I'm having a chat with so from my point of view it all looks good but i'm not sure if it looks okay ask, from you maybe we can ask our people yeah. who are joining in yeah yeah if, if let us know with the thumbs up or some hearts if it's all coming through okay kaz just joined us kasha sorry kasha is yes okay. it's not so bad that's good so Janice is saying she can see okay too so it must be all good and lots of hearts okay that's good all right, as long as people can see me, I can't see myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, a little but bit disconcerting, you, isn't it? But I can guarantee. <laughs> and you look wonderful. So I, I noticed you've got your favourite yes, colour uh, on this morning as a, as a staff. Cash is saying it's all good. So there you oh, go. You've got backup from a, another of the Making Zen speakers there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've got comments coming in saying oh, love your glasses as well. Yeah. <laughs> all, yes. the, all the better for seeing with, hey? <laughs> well, thank you. Now that we've kind of settled in, um, thank you very much for 
joining us today for a, a chat. Um, I was explaining to everyone who had connected earlier that um, it's a little bit early in some parts of Australia, so I'm very grateful that you're with us. And, and I, I warned people you might be clutching a cup of coffee or something I've like that. for an hour, so I've got my alarm on and um, all is good. Oh, good. Excellent stuff. Well, I do appreciate you being here, as does everybody who's popped in to um, join along with our conversation today. There's lots of excitement building around making Zen next week and all the, the wonderful um, workshops that are going to be presented. And you're one of the last speakers that we get a chance to um, talk to, one of the lucky last. And uh, for people who have um, joined in, I'm sure they'd love to know a little bit about what you're going to share with them yeah. next week. Would you like Certainly. to give them so a bit of a hint? You might be able to see I'm sitting in front of my practice project wall. Um, and what I'm going to show you is the use of plants. So I've also got a plant list that is attached to that class, um, talking about how you can create and use plants in, um, in your work. So it's weaving it's basketry weaving so it's a little bit different to other classes that are happening and how to the list talks about how you can use those plants and how to pick them and um, source them and I know that there are a worldwide selection of plants they're not just Australian often people go oh they're Australian and I purposely pick them so they are more global so I've done a little bit of research um, and also what we're going to be doing is making little practice projects so they're just small projects which allow you to experiment and actually learn how to do the techniques and learn the plant fibers that you're going to be working with so we're going to be doing two two um examples and then you can use those with different plant fibers that you want so um, i'm not sure if you can see these but um this is one of the ones that we're going mm. to be um, making and you can use different um these these are just dried billy button flowers and then this one here which are just like sticks and twining around sticks so it gives you a kind of a bit of a foundation on what you can actually make and you can vary that as much as you like yeah yeah which i absolutely love and the insp and so does everybody else from <laughs> lots of things there's Thank lots you. of love hearts coming through and um, oh, Janice is wondering what your name is. So it's Ruth Woods, and Ruth is the face behind Craft School Oz, and you teach online. Um, do you teach in person I do, too, Ruth? Not at the moment because um, I'm fully into the filming, and I'm doing some research on a second book. So I actually don't have much time for face-to-face -face teaching as much as I'd like to, and I might do just one or two. But yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's, I know there's, um, there's yes, only right. so I'm much sure you, you isn't there? And when you're doing training and teaching. And... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes if I look transparent, you know why. Stretch. <laughs> and what I um, love about the workshop that you're presenting is it's building upon what we can see behind you which was inspired by something else that we can see yeah. behind you would so, you like so, to talk um, about that this is my yeah. book i suppose it's back to front but um it's just finding form with fiber 
And it's actually about creating sculptural basketry using plants, but also there's a section on there about using materials as well, so fabrics. Um, and it really is about exploring and experimenting. And I know that, you know, we talk a lot about making things and often we want to make something perfect. And I really talk about that in here, about not having that expectation. And that's what the workshop's about too. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is is quite wonderful, and there's some wonderful comments coming in from um, our audience, oh, and they're good. loving the wall behind you. Yeah, which is which is super wonderful. And uh, let's see if I can catch your name, Art by Nan, twenty twenty three. So Art by Nan, what you see on the wall behind you are some of the techniques that Ruth is teaching in the workshop that is aired yep. next Friday. So you too can have a wall that looks like that, some of them anyway. And then if you get really inspired, you can go out and buy Ruth's book and make the rest of the things that you see on her wall. Um, because they're, they're all, um, well, you can probably speak to this better than I can, Ruth, but they're all the samples that, yeah. in, that have That's gone right. to. And it was kind of a process book. with the book so I was uh, writing the book and the book first started out as a basket book, a book about how to make baskets. And then I incorporated 14 fiber artists. And then someone said to me, but these aren't baskets, they're actually sculpture. And I thought, oh yeah. So then it kind of changed its tact and went on more of a sculptural journey. And then during lockdown, I was actually making things, lots of little things, trying things out for the book. And then I realized that actually they were quite nice on their own. And then I started to pin them on my kitchen wall and I kept looking at them and thinking, oh, I could just rearrange them. And they actually look quite appealing. So that's when I started to kind of explore that mm. more. Yeah, they are. And they're, they're so delightful. Um, I just ha as objects within themselves. And I'm sure they're probably yeah, leaping off points as well for you for yeah ideas yeah. and inspiration yeah, mm. Mm. and uh, I've been um, hanging out on your Instagram page and enjoying all of the beautiful you have a couple of sculptural elements that look That's like they're right. hanging from your veranda but that the birds birds That's are also right. like decorating as well yeah swinging around and uh, chirping away yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it looks delightful. It's nice to see um, because the the activity of the birds gives them an extra dimension and it brings them to life in another way as well. Did you um, create them with that intention, or they just kind of well, gravitated towards that? So my husband feeds them. I'm always telling him not to. And we do have the big cockatoos, the sulphur crested cockatoos. And you have to be really careful because they can actually destroy your house. They can eat through the timber. So um, we like to just encourage the king parrots and the rosellas. And he would feed them. But when I um, hung all my um, pieces of work up, they started to swing from that too. And they often, if I'm working outside, they come and visit me. And they're very close and kind of looking at me and to say, what are you doing today? <laughs> so it's quite cute. <laughs> Oh, they are. They're, they're wonderful to have, the, um, yeah. the birds. They're great company and because um, I'm now based in Nova Scotia for our followers who may not be that familiar, 
Australian by birth, Nova Scotian currently, and I miss the yeah. birds. Like I, I love the birds that are here, but they're just not they're quite very, the same as the Australian, the Australian birds. Australian birds. They're full of colour. Mm. Well, not all of them, but there's a lot of them that are very colourful and very noisy. And uh, yeah, it was. They're very distinct. So. Mm. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, that's so true. And like you say, with the colours, they you can't help but notice a lot yeah. of them, especially and they're very cheap parrots. I think they call them the little scavengers. Yes. You know, they come and they want to join in with your food and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little scallywags. That's the other thing that came to mind. <laughs> So um, with all of these wonderful um, basketry elements that you have behind you and you have hanging on your veranda and all that kind of stuff, do you have a particular favourite material um, that you like I to work with? several favourites. So there's like the upright firm stick type ones. And I have a very good neighbour who actually provides me with quite a lot of resources. And she has... Um, a grapevine that grows up her veranda and every year she trims it right back and I get this big bundle of grapevines. So vines are really good because they're very flexible and even when you dry them you can actually mm. soak them and use them. So if you use them just dry they'll crack but if you re-soak them then they're nice and pliable. Mm. So that grapevines are really good and often a free resource. So most of the plants that I get are free. Well they're all free the plants. Sometimes I buy threads to work with and probably one of the other favourites I've got is Red Hot Poker. Um, do you know that in Canada? It's got a lovely big red head. Um, but it probably likes slightly warmer weather than Canada. I'm not sure. You might be able to get it. Yeah. Um, I just nodded in a kind of acknowledgement because it's that's one of right, the ones yes. that's featured yeah. in your your workshop yeah, yeah. And it, so that's why i was like oh yes yeah <laughs> but i'm not sure if it is over here. Mm. but the other one that's kind of quite uh available quite readily and doesn't mind the cold is new zealand flax so formium tenax that's a really good plant and it it likes the cold it actually doesn't grow in tropical areas it's um it likes the cooler climate so um in tropical areas you can get so many different fibers it's like people go but we can't get that I'm like, yes but you can get flax and you can get this and you can get that so it's kind of learning to use what you've got accessible which is really important i think we get jealous we get this yeah. um fiber envy of what other people can get and you want to buy it but you really need to learn to use what you've got access to yeah, that's that's so true, and that's such a a wonderful way of describing it. I must admit, right now I'm having um, eucalyptus leaf envy because you know back in Australia yeah. it's so abundant, it's everywhere. But right now, if I want to have anything like that, yes. I have to go to yes. the florist and I mean, you know, yeah, get a, the thing get a you little stick. You get serious <laughs> at it is try and obtain um, a plant and grow it yourself, which I've done um because there's certain mm. with the eucalyptus mm. they they all give different colors so you get some very orangey ones and some are just kind of like a brown and not that exciting so finding really beautiful colors mm. is kind of and i've got two trees in my garden which i've planted and they're not big they're, they're nice they're kind of about six foot tall and um that's kind of one way to do it is to just get a plant yeah. and grow it yourself <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a wonderful 
beautiful idea. So am I, would I be right in thinking that your garden is probably curated carefully by you so that they can be um, harvested <laughs> with a, an additional yes. use? So my next book is actually about creating your own weaving garden. So that's the, the topic. Um, but I don't know, I'm not giving myself oh, any deadlines because I just need, it's going to take quite a bit of research. But the garden, when I first started weaving, mm. was absolutely atrocious. It was like really, really embarrassing. And at one of my workshops, there was a lady from the ABC Gardening TV show, and I didn't realize that. And she said, oh, so what's your garden like? And I said, oh, it's pretty terrible. And I used to obtain my plants from other sources or my New Zealand flax. And she said, oh, she said, can you send me a photo of your garden? And I thought, why? <laughs> you know? Well, I'm actually, I actually do the um, research for the ABC gardening show. And I went, oh, you won't want my garden. But it kind of inspired me. So I, over a few years, I thought, oh, I'm going to think about this, how my garden's going to look and how I want it to look. So I started to um, think about it a bit more uh, strategically. And then I actually had my sister. Mm. So I started to plant all these plants and it still looked a bit scrappy. And my sister um, was a garden designer and botanist and she came over from England for three months and she started to kind of encourage me and work with me on the garden and kind of design it. Well, now it looks so much better. It's still, it's still got a lot of improvement, but I'm going, mm. I counted my plants and I had 50 plants that were available or able to be used for weaving. So I thought, ah, ah I think there's something in this. So yeah, that all started my kind of thought that it could be a book it'd be a quite a niche book but um, I don't know maybe I could incorporate other things in it you know well I, I don't know like um I do know that there's quite a for people who are interested mm -hmm. in natural dyes there's a lot yes. of resources out there for planting gardens with a, a natural eye point of view mm. so I think it makes perfect sense to have a, a garden that is also also or has the sculptural elements for weaving and, and creating basketry and everything I, yeah. I think it's wonderful i think yeah. sometimes it's yes. just thinking about it isn't it yeah so i think mm. yeah i being, think being, um we'll, we'll continue with that and see how it goes but um yeah the, so, so it's like the garden i've only got a small garden it's not a big garden um but it's also i'm going to do areas like the veranda so a small spot for the veranda with plants in and and then down the side of the house, like a little courtyard kind of area. So there'll be different aspects. So it's not just one big garden, it's different aspects of where you can grow and what's easy to grow. Yeah, yes. Oh, I love it. That's a, such a wonderful idea. And how fabulous <laughs> to have a sister who just kind of yeah. is so able to she assist in Australia. She certainly helped me with design and she doesn't know about plants for weaving. So she said, I think we should take that out. And I go, no, no, that's a very important one. That's blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, oh no, that's for that. And she go, oh, okay. And so she was learning about the ones that were for weaving. And then she was teaching me about other ones. So incorporated with the weavings are the pretty ones, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it makes a lot of sense to do that. If you've got a, a garden that's both, um, functional but also beautiful then you know it, it kind of ticks a lot of boxes and why not then you can go strolling and get get excited ex excited and inspired by what yes. you can see um growing yeah. around you yeah 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 and 
I'm also wondering too if um, the garden or nature inspires oh, yes, the forms definitely. that you create. I think um, I talk about that too. And like when mm. I was interviewing people uh, to go into the book, it was it was quite interesting. So I sent them all the same set of questions, and it, all the same answers came back. And I thought, oh okay i need to ask different questions so everybody said they were inspired by nature and i think it's kind of like it's it's kind of obvious about that but it's also about what part of nature inspires you or you know how does that work or um so most definitely like with the vines they grow in a particular way and they form in a particular way so you can actually cut them and as you get them you know in your hand you're looking at them and that will just inspire you that shape or so it might depend what type of plants you're looking at or um the leafy plants you know how do you use them or and that's part of the whole the course is about that working with those aspects of nature and creating your practice projects so most definitely yeah that's probably the key thing really is working yes Yes, we have a, um, a question coming in from Art by Nan saying, do you always use um, no, plants? I don't. So there's an, there are um, a selection of a few plants that don't need to be dried and not all basket makers would agree with me on this. So, but New Zealand flax is actually one of them that I will pick and use straight away. It will still shrink and dry, um, but it seems to be stable enough that um, you can use it um and then there's other plants as well that you can actually use so there's a, in i think in my book there's a list of there's half a dozen or more that you can kind of just pick or gather so sometimes they dry on the tree like um yucca plants they have mm. those dead leaves at the back at the bottom or um succulents the agave their their leaves dry so you can pick those off and use those straight away um but they still need to have enough moisture in so they're not going to crack so there's kind of like this balance of can i use it straight away do i need to let it dry so that all comes with just using them uh, yes so yeah yeah so yeah, kind of experimentation the, the is always a good list, thing um that people can download it gives you kind of it's in categories so you can see that and then if people join for the vip there's a plant guide so you can actually, it gives you a bit more information. Mm. Yeah, mm, quite, quite extensive. Um, and it makes me wonder, because um, you mentioned all these fascinating plants and how, and working with them, what is the most unusual plant or fibre do you think um, you've ever worked with? Unusual. Well, I use um, RM lilies. I don't know if you have arm lilies there. So they're, I think they're also called death lilies. So they're the big white heads that come up. And um, oh, they've got like yeah. a really beautiful, yes. strong stamen that sticks out. So I actually like those and I never thought I'd be able to use those. And I started to dry them. And when, I can see them on my wall over there. And when um, they start to dry, they're just the most beautiful dried form. And so you can see the, the, the head of the flower that's just all crinkled and beautiful so that that's that was quite unusual finding that and there's a couple of similar plants like that that i've tried mm. um the other one is uh, mm. banana fiber and if you live in an area where there is bananas growing rapidly um you you would know how kind of what an asset that is to basketry but 
The other thing is I've been talking to people about, you can grow banana plants in a cooler climate. And I know they do in the UK and Monty Don talks about, you know, you grow it in the summer and then you pack it away in the shed, you know, all up in, you know, like Heston and stuff and put it away <laughs> and then bring it out in the, in the spring. But um, you can grow cool climate bananas. And um, I don't know about the fruit, mm. but I grow it for the fibre, not the fruit. So um, I've got two plants now growing in my garden. So that, that's quite unusual if you're not in an area where it would, they would normally grow. But yes, you can grow climate um, mm. bananas. Um, are there unusual ones? I don't know. I try and experiment with things. If I, if I look at something and look at the fibre in the stem, like I use uh, daffodils and tulips. So people don't associate that with basketry fibre um so mm. a lot of things that you don't normally associate with that i would try and experiment and then there's the um there's one plant that you can't use um what's it called agapanthus you cannot use you kind of think you would be able to agapantha which one sorry with the big blue, oh, the okay big blue just not strong enough um yeah they go to nothing so there's no fiber mm. in the leaf so they just you can't use them which is quite because I can't think of anything else that's mm. like that other than agapanthus. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thinking yeah. about the way their yeah. leaves grow, they're quite long and slender, which sound like they yeah. would be no, ideal for weaving. Go but to nothing. But no. Just go to mush. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure there are other plants <laughs> like that, but um, I don't know. And then some fibre is more mm. brittle than others, and it isn't as like you can. When you start to use lots of different plants, you feel the uh, fiber in your hands and you kind of go, oh, that feels nice to use. And so you might use it for that reason, like um, red hot poker is like that. It feels so lovely on your hands, you want to use it. Whereas some grasses might be good yeah. for weaving and strong, but they feel horrible on your hands. So you would kind of go, I actually don't get a pleasure of using that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good um, way of thinking about it, actually, yeah. because you do have and to work with fibres that you enjoy too, you know, you know, handling. Using linen mm. and cotton is much nicer than using polyester, you know, that kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's a good good analogy, actually, that very good point. And um, I'm very mindful of time, so I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But before we wrap up, you touched on upon a point uh, earlier in the conversation where you talk about your um oh, how did you put it how you yes. weren't hung up on perfection would you like to talk a little bit about that because i yeah. know that's something yeah. that a lot of us yeah. do get concerned so about. i think my whole journey with um with making art has been about you know at the beginning i remember thinking oh it's no good you know it doesn't look good enough and having that feeling of like my work's not good enough and and the more that i've made whether it's drawing painting stitching or making baskets and a lot of basket makers are, are very perfect and i kind of think that's fine but i can't make it that perfect and then when i started to do these practice projects i realized that it's actually okay to have a, a wonky piece or and it's more about the process and i think if we can get that in our heads that mm -hmm. it's actually about the process and enjoying and exploring and experimenting and i always have a journal so i, I like to keep if i'm doing a specific project i'll keep a journal and write 
what comes up in my head or my ideas. And I just think it's so important to just allow ourselves to go on that um, journey. And it sounds a bit of a cliche, but it's so true that we just need to enjoy that process and not get hung up with that horrible little message in our head that goes, oh, that's rubbish. Oh, you can't do that very well, can you? And you need to do that again. Or, And I just think the more I do it, the more I think, no, nope, you can just go away. I'm just going to enjoy this and see what happens. And then from that process, that's how that project wall came about. And I just started to hang them on the wall and I, I just had them in a, in a box and I start to kind of arrange them. I mean, it took a few years, but it was kind of like, ah, this is actually all right. And um, I think that it's, mm. it's really important that we don't judge ourselves and that we allow that process. And that applies to everything, you know, stitching, uh, in particular stitching, because I didn't, I always, um, when I left school, I um, became a machinist and I was working on uh, manufacturing and then I later became um, a clothing designer, but it was, everything had to be perfect. And I could, I could sew on the machine pretty well, but I couldn't stitch very neatly. And that stopped me hand stitching. And it wasn't only till probably 10 years ago that I thought, oh, I can do The Slow Stitch book came out by Claire Wellesley Smith, beautiful book. And I just looked at it and it inspired me so much. Mm. I just thought, I can just do this. I don't have to worry about anyone else. And it was just, it was kind of like, ah, oh, I can do that. Anyone can do that. It's just about enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think too, what you're, so, some of the things that you're mentioning is when you're thinking about the idea of perfection is sometimes you need to look at it through a different set of eyes. Like, so you might see something yeah. on Instagram or have an idea in your head mm. and you're like, it's, gotta look like this and but yeah. particularly if you're starting out for the first time it's no, nine times no. out of ten it's not going to look like that and um but rather than going yeah oh, it's yeah. rubbish putting it to one side and appreciating it for what it is i find sometimes um even yeah. though it's really hard to do because you want to undo it again or, or you know retry the process but sometimes those um what you might think of as ugly or a mistake are actually where the, the fun and the excitement yeah. happens yeah. if you yeah, yeah yeah if you allow yourself to look that way so it's i think sometimes it's just kind of like what you're saying with the the book claire's book where you're like ah oh, of course it's okay to stitch like this but you just needed to yeah. reframe yeah. the way yeah. you look and the borrowed stitching in japan yeah. how they mended everything and they just had one coat and that lasted them a lifetime and they just had to keep mending and it, it's just so beautiful it tells a story and it's so much more that's woven into it that's really beautiful you know and i think you know the more you make the more you appreciate and understand that i think that's really important. yeah 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 it's yeah so true and and it also too like just the more you invest in something i think the more you appreciate it too you appreciate what's being made but i think some of the things that we maybe don't acknowledge or appreciate so much is the learning that comes from making and the learning that comes yes. from making mistakes and um it's not always yeah. learning up here so a lot of it's just 
learning how to hold your fingers in particular yeah. ways like i'm sure yeah. with the basketry techniques yeah. you have to hold things and it hands, might be uncomfortable you know, so you kind of keep <laughs> doing things that's right yeah <laughs> that's right i'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure the tongue comes out from time to time as you concentrate right. <laughs> well, you need an extra you need so can you just hold this for me or can you sit on this for me or... <laughs> Exactly. Right. You get the toes right. in I mean, as well. When you look at the indigenous <laughs> ladies, they they often sit on the floor and they are using their feet to make string bags. So the actual bag is wrapped around mm. their ankles and then they're okay. weaving up from that, which is amazing to see. Yeah. Fabulous. It's interesting that you mentioned that actually, because I was thinking um, earlier in the conversation mm. about mm. how they make the string, which is when they yeah. rub it between yeah. their thigh yeah. and their hand. Uh, which is also a great way to give yourself a, a leg massage right. and also remove any extra unwanted hairs. <laughs> I, I've, I've watched them do it, but, but it's, it's, it's great. very difficult to do. I do make the string with my hands and um, that's a great mm. process to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. And I mean, you see these people doing it and they make it look so easy and you're like, oh, yeah. it's just making string. Yeah. How hard can it be? I've just got to twist it. But there's a little but, bit more to it than just right. twisting. Well, it's like it's a bit of practice. So you've got those two twists. Yeah. So you, you're, do, you're replicating that with your hands. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And we've got a, a wonderful comment that's just come in from Louise Moore and, and she said, thank you, Ruth. You've been such a wonderful oh, teacher thank on my you. reading journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, isn't isn't that though? And that's probably a really lovely place to, <laughs> to wrap up. I could chat with you all day, Ruth, but I know you have a million and one things to do with your time. Um, before we uh, end our conversation, is there anything you'd like to share or I think, any... I think my one thing at the moment is around that um, not judging yourself and giving your be kind to yourself um, allow yourself to go on a journey don't let that little voice nag you and tell you your work's no good um, I've got I've got uh, students who get can get really upset sometimes because their work just doesn't look right and if it's their first one it's not going to look the same as mine um so you've just got to keep going with it if you feel good about it, just keep going with it and really explore what you're yeah. doing yeah, yeah. exactly yes. yeah enjoy, enjoy the joy, process not and, anxiety and, yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> that's right and like like what you say think of it as going yeah. on an adventure isn't yeah. that fun i yeah. love that idea yeah yeah, yeah. go on an creative <laughs> adventure oh sounds yeah. good well, thank you. Thank you so much again for joining us this morning. I really appreciate you getting up super bright and early. Two o'clock in the morning, I might not have done it, but six o'clock is fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. But still, you know, it's a morning coffee and all that kind my of pleasure. waking up. So I do appreciate the, the early morning. And I'm so thrilled that you're part of Making Zen. I know everybody else is too, and they're going to have an absolute ball. Your workshop is on Friday of next week. So if people haven't yet, pop over to Ruth's Instagram. You can sign up for the Making Zen online retreat over there. Uh, if you decide that you just would like to hold on to all the amazing goodness that's happening within Making Zen, then you can also sign up for the VIP Pass too, where you get all the amazing things that Ruth was talking about, plus a whole lot of other good stuff too. So um, 
Yeah, thank you so much. It's been lovely to chat, lovely to reconnect with you. And um, oh, the other thing I wanted to remind people about too is check out Ruth's book if you haven't. That's a lovely compliment to mm, what she's teaching on finding Friday. <laughs> and thank you. Yes, Finding Porn with Fibre. And they'll also be yep. able to find that, I'm it's sure. It's also on, on Amazon. So you can get it worldwide, which is great. Thank you. Okay. Any particular favourite places that you like people to, um, to um, purchase no, it, it from? It really doesn't matter. Yeah, I always I get a royalty from wherever okay. it's purchased. Okay. I hope so. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. where I'm looking forward to book number two. Um, <laughs> so, well, that's right. No, no rush. Enjoy the process. Yes, I uh, will. go on that creative adventure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kate. Yeah, thank you. Much Lovely love, to see everyone. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye, bye.